Hello there, this is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia with a message for all those that are hungry and thirsty for reality, for ultimate meaning and destiny. This is a message that goes to the very purpose and reason for all things. The reason everything is the way it is and the reason for all things. It is in the ultimate perfection and manifestation of love who the one true eternal God could only possibly be to be entrusted with unlimited life, authority and power without using it in a corrupt way or being corrupted by it, thus indicative that he is the very source. I want to share with you how you can find that fulfillment in a love relationship with your creator, which is what will only satisfy the inner core of your being and give you that which will never cause you to feel incomplete again. So I want to share with those that are new. Go to my website at ultimatemeaning.com. If you're new from various backgrounds such as atheistic or philosophical religion like Buddhism or whatever background you're from, I have a flip book there at ultimatemeaning.com with very original writing by the gifting of the Spirit of God through me. And there are links and highlighted red print that go to many YouTube videos that are very profound and amazing that confirm from many fields of science the reality of what I am sharing. I'm not just sharing some religion to believe in here. I am sharing the very reality and reason for all things and for why you were created, that you might enter the fulfillment of why you were created. This message is to those that have come to know the one true eternal God for whom to know is life eternal. That means a quality of life that is ever enlarging and ever expanding in creative fulfillment without end. And believe me, it's way beyond your wildest capability of imagination to comprehend I'm writing a book on the evidence of life after death from covers many fields of science and many experiences from many people. It is the strongest and most empirical evidence there is. When people leave their body because medical equipment and doctors know they're dead because that's what, you know, some of them have had no heartbeat for almost two hours. And yet they are telling the doctors while they were totally dead what they were talking about, what was going on in great detail. And this happens over and over again in many, many cases. And there are literally millions of people every year around the world that experience this. I have the statistics in my book from valid sources. So what I am sharing with you is very real for those that are new. And it is only found 
in Jesus Christ. And let me explain this for those that are new. We believe in one true eternal God, but he is in three personages. Three personages. Because for God to be God, he must rule in the three ultimate aspects of existence, which are beyond time and space, or beyond creation, and in creation, secondly, and filling all creation as God the Father. He is beyond the time and space and creation realm, knowing the end from the beginning in every detail. The word Father means originator. And Jesus Christ, the Son, is the full expression of the being of the Father into the creation realm. He limits himself in the creation realm to the time and space or whatever other dimensions there are to communicate on a creature level and to experience the creation and have fellowship with his creation. So there's personage ruling within the creation realm, beyond the creation realm as the Father simultaneously and also in omnipresence as the Holy Spirit of God filling all dimensions of time and existence within the creation realm and beyond with the Father. And so there must always be in three, three personages for God to be God. And he also must be that ultimate perfection of love that could only be trustworthy of unlimited power in life and authority. And he is that. His love always chooses the highest lasting good over any lesser choice, innately freely chooses it. His love is so integrous that it is a blazing fire of judgment against all that is contrary to this love that chooses the highest lasting good. Anything lesser has a measure of corruption in it. This love is the very antithesis of corruption, the very opposite of corruption that ensures a destiny that can go on forever without corruption. It is represented in the negative and possible positive symbols in creation. The negative symbol representing an indestructible foundation because of the integrity and purity of this love to judge corruption, to judge sin. That negative symbol represents also cutting off all corruption. But when you cross out the negative symbol, you get the positive symbol which is the symbol of the cross, also the last letter of the alphabet of the most ancient languages that go back to the very beginning. And that, was, that includes the Hebrew language, which that symbol, the last letter of the alphabet, just exactly as it looks today, the cross, meant symbol or sign. God's love is not only so integrous to judge sin, but so great that he always had within his being from the infinite past the capacity to become a perfect atoning substitutionary sacrifice for our sins, which he did in Jesus Christ on the cross, who rose from the dead and was verified to have risen from the dead by 500 people that saw him alive at the same time. And there are many infallible proofs of that. In fact, four lawyers set out in this century 
to try to write books to disprove the resurrection and found the evidence so overwhelming that in the process they were converted. Lee Strobel is one of those authors. So I am sharing with you some good news. I want to share with you and to the churches what God is saying by His Spirit to the churches in this particular time. And how do I do that? Well, the Word of God says in 1 Peter 4.11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. That means that when we as believers are gathered together around Christ, we are to seek to allow the Spirit of God to speak through us words that are coming from the Spirit of God. How does that work? Well, Revelations 19.10 says, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we worship God in spirit and in truth out of great reverence and humility and love for God, we are filled with His Spirit and an overflow beyond ourselves that can result in spontaneous creative utterances that are coming from the Spirit of God. Whether it be a song or a testimony, a word of encouragement or a prophetic utterance, It rises within us, and we don't even know what words to speak, but we speak forth, and it becomes creative by the Spirit of God. So I want to be in a heart set and a mindset of worship as I share this, and so I cast lots to facilitate speaking as the oracles of God to choose two chapters from the Bible, the possibility of any chapter from two different random applications, that they might bear witness as to the theme that God would have me speak on. Sometimes those themes are very evident, sometimes not as evident, but they are always there. So I want to share with you the two chapters I received today, but before that, I also chose a hymn by the casting of lots today from a hymn book of 1,080 hymns throughout church history. And I don't know most of these hymns myself, and today I don't know the hymn, but we're going to sing that hymn together that was chosen by the casting of Lot today before I share the message. So here is that hymn now to share and worship with you. It's a little, usually I have more nicer musical background with flute and violins and all of that, but this time this is the one, and so here we go.
That's the song. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, this is what God is wanting to say to his people today. He wants you to come out of all the loves of the world that are robbing you from a life that is abundant. Holiness brings wholeness into the inner core of your being. And once you begin to recognize that it is worth the cost, the painful dying to self, which can be very painful at times, but that pain is made far less and that burden is made light when you see and recognize that your true wholeness and experience of fellowship with God is far greater than the lying vanities of this world. As it says in Jonah, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. We need to learn not even to observe or consider the lying vanities of this world, but know a focus from the inner depths of our being and fellowship with God that is so great that that mesmerizing tendency falls off and we come into a place where we can fly, fly freely above the things that would pull us away from such an abundant life of fellowship with God. You know, I've just recently finished reading the book by Brother Young, the heavenly man, who was tortured for his faith in prison for thinking around 10 years very terribly in China things they did to him are unspeakable. And yet he knew such a subjective abundance of life and fellowship with God that he would rather go through the suffering there and experience the camaraderie that he had with his brothers and sisters that were suffering with him and the inner subjective fullness of the presence of God than be with those in a lukewarm church or that love the world. 
there was more of an abundance of life even through all that suffering. So that he said he felt more like a prisoner when he was around believers that didn't know this love relationship with God. And he felt so free within a prison where he was so bound and tortured. That is the secret that God wants us to enter into. Into such a love relationship with him. That can endure all things and have an unconditional love through it and a faith in our Creator through all those things. I want to share with you the two chapters I received today from the Word of God by the casting of Lot and touch on a few others. Now, I will admit I haven't been preaching as many messages because I am going through probably one of the greatest trials of my life. Financially, I am in a really bad situation. I would really appreciate any support at this time. Um, I can't go into it right now. I want to give the message. And so I'm trusting God through it. It's really broken me to tears. In fact, the other day I was going to Fitness World in my car and I was in tears saying, God, why did this happen to me? And repenting and, and feeling, why? I've been working so hard seeking you. Why? Why is no one supporting me? I'm, I mean, yeah, I guess I have to get out and maybe rally people or something. Uh, I'm not the kind of person that wants to go around and do that, but I want to just trust God to bring people to me. But nevertheless, while I was in my car, the light, another car pulled beside me and I had the window open and he rolled down his window and he says, I really like the sign in the back of your car, car and I have a sign there with my website, ultimatemeaning.com, watch solid proofs of your unending destiny, make it heaven. And then you, I found out he was a Christian and I told him, would you pray for me? I'm going through a real financial problem. And he said, yes. I, and he prayed right there and he, he said, thus saith the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me down to lie. So I was greatly encouraged that God was in my weakest point there encouraging me in this trial. Now, today I want to receive, mention the two chapters I received. I received Revelations 22 and 1 Kings 19. And for the life of me, I couldn't see a commonality in the theme at first. But I did see that there was a common thing coming out of those two chapters. Because both of those chapters do mention about hearing the voice of God. 1 Kings 19 is about Elijah, who flees from Jezebel and ends up in that cave. And the Lord comes and there's a powerful wind that breaks the rocks and the Lord is not in the wind. And there's a powerful earthquake and the Lord is not in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake, there's a powerful fire and the Lord is not in the fire. And then Elijah hears a still small voice. He fled Jezebel because she was wanting to take vengeance upon him for killing all her prophets. You would think Elijah would be fearless and just Say, okay, you come before me and the fire of God will come out of me like it did and devour all those soldiers. Or was it Elijah after him that had that happen? But no, he knew he was to flee. With no food, no money into the wilderness. And God provides him food and he goes, what is it? 40 days journey to Horeb. And here he hears the voice of God that tells him to anoint Haziel, king, Jehu king, who kills Jezebel, the very one that sought to kill him. So in his fleeing from the one that was killing him, 
he flees to a place where God speaks to him what will bring the absolute judgment of God upon Jezebel, this idolatrous, false queen in Ahab. And how does that relate to Revelations 22? Well, let me read some verses in Revelations 22. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work. According as his work shall be. To give every, every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come and let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Do you see in this verse here, this last verse I've read, what it says? It says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. The corporate bride of Christ is saying, come to those that are thirsty. Let him that has ears to hear. Are we willing to hear? You see, many people can hear, but they're not really willing to hear. They don't like what they hear, and so they don't hear. They're willingly ignorant, and they're guilty because they're willingly ignorant and not willing to hear. That God is telling them to leave the loves of the world. And then it says, let him that is a thirst come. You see, what quenches our thirst for a love relationship with God are the loves of the world. And we only have to look at the many loves in modern society that plague Christians and cause them to have a heart that is hard and insensitive to hear. It's the gods of materialism. It's the gods of amusement, people watching sports for hours and hours. You think God is pleased with those things? It says that the things that are highly esteemed among men are an abomination in the sight of God. The pride of life that is in sports? You watch all these things and spend hours watching this? And you think God is pleased? That he accepts you when you don't spend time in prayer seeking him and you spend all your time and energy in those things? You need to repent, brothers and sisters, and the, throughout the churches in the United States and Canada and the prosperous countries because these things plague your lives and you don't pray and hardly seek him and your house is no longer a house of prayer and of holiness where the glory of God comes down like it did in Azusa Street, like it did in the Welsh Revival. But God is bringing his people to come home to him. He is causing a famine in the land right now. 
complex structures are breaking down of commerce so that our shelves are going to be empty in the stores soon. What we're experiencing right now is equivalent or worse than the Great Depression. That is what's coming in the near future unless we as his people turn to him and repent. Does it have to take that for us to come to him and to begin to seek his face and to put him first in our lives? I want to share with you that because I didn't share the other day and so on, I want to share with you the overall context of what God has been saying by the casting of lots. So here we say the description of heaven in Revelations 22, which is a wonderful description of the glory of heaven, which is the bride of Christ. And yesterday, which I didn't preach on because of the crisis I'm going through, it's very difficult was Jeremiah 51 and 10. And Jeremiah 51 is a description of God's judgment upon ancient Babylon, which is also going to be, if is a foretype of the modern world system known as Babylon that will exist in the last days, whose headquarters is most likely in Dubai, as it is called the city of gold, which is also what is described of Babylon in the last days. The city of commerce. It is now the cent becoming a big center of commerce. Dubai. God in that chapter is judging Babylon. And in Mark 10, it is the opposite. It is emphasizing what is required to be those that are in a close, intimate love relationship with Christ where you are a part of his corporate bride in Mark chapter 10. It is about taking up the cross, about denying ourselves. And here in this chapter today, we are discussing the bride of Christ in heaven and how glorious it is. But also in 1 Kings 19, the enemy that is seeking to destroy us and not let us enter into this abundant life corporately to become his conquering bride church upon the earth and individually. And yes, Elijah was persecuted, but there was a remnant of 7,000 that didn't bow the knee to Baal that he wasn't aware of. And there's a remnant in this hour. And God wants to call forth his remnant in this hour to become his house of prayer and holiness, even in the city where I live. In the Fraser Valley of British Columbia. And in every city across this nation of Canada and United States, you are being called to come forth and be his conquering corporate bride church and to embrace the abundance of life that he has for you, which is so much more fulfilling than the shallow things that the enemy mesmerizes you with so that your thirst is quenched and you do not seek God, so that you cannot hear God because you are willingly ignorant because you want the world instead of the Lord. You don't want to step out of your comfort zone. The Spirit is saying, whoever has an ear, let him hear. 
and take freely. God will give those that are thirsty, that do not allow their thirst to be quenched, freely the water of life, which is a blessing beyond description, which when those that I'm describing in my book, their experience of going to heaven, the most amazing experience is the river of life that comes forth from God. There's a lot more. God is calling his people to repent of the gods of amusement and pleasure that have quenched their thirst, of the gods of materialism, of the gods of pleasure, of so many things that take up your time instead of the, knowing the pleasure of a fulfilling, creative relationship with God. You are unique and God has creative things for you to do that are far more fulfilling than wasting your life on gyrations of emotions over the pride of life that hardens your heart and causes you not to love one another so that you're in an insular world of your own that doesn't have tears for the lost, that doesn't have a burden and a desire to see the kingdom of God come forth in such power that it conquers your nation with the gospel so that you're delivered from the impending tyranny that we see that's already being imposed upon the whole world by COVID-19, etc., etc. Used as an excuse for emergency measures it's being exposed by many hundreds of high-quality doctors around the world and hundreds of lawyers that are taking legal action, probably in the thousands now. They've even set up the Nuremberg trial, too. And I'm sure they will be tried as we turn to him in this last hour and seek him. So I'm calling the church in your city to come together for three days of fasting and prayer, and those that can do an Esther fast, do it. I've done a few in my life and strangely felt really high, more than I did on the fast that I'd done in the past where I had water. Well, it's only as God calls you to do it that you can feel good like I felt. Still felt some pain and thirst, but it wasn't anything what I thought it would be. God is calling us to come together, and I've written a book called God Headship and Body Invasion, and I highly encourage you because it supports me and I'm really in a bad way financially. I might have to sell my car in order to survive. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just really besides myself right now. Part of it's my lack of own, my own wisdom, trying to do business in the past and then not willing to go all the way making the money because I wanted to spend lots of time in prayer. And in the word. Oh, if I would have given myself to totally making all that money, I wouldn't be in this debt. I would have made a lot of money by now. Anyhow, I just want to share with you that I'm trusting God and I'm asking you to get that book, God, Headship and Body Invasion, which shares with you in, it's about 270 some odd pages an outline form with many suggestions on what you can do in your local church to not limit the fullness of the headship of Christ from inhabiting your local assembly. So, yeah, your support and prayer, and in every way, and no, I'm not a nonprofit, but you can go to my website at loverealize.com and contribute. I do have a 
PayPal thing there. So God bless you all and thank you for listening to this message. And I'm praying that soon the body of Christ will wake up and go, never go back to being the church the way they were. They will become his house of prayer and holiness and move in the gifts of the Spirit again. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this message.